I really talk about all of really, some people call it the love chapter. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It does not provoke. Think no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will fall. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face. No I in part, but then I say now, just as I am known. And now abide in faith, hope, love. These three, for the greatest of these is love. Love never fails. So we've been doing our 40 days of love. We got one more uh, Sunday focusing on love. We talk about loving your God. We talk about loving yourself. We talk about loving the storm. We have talked about so many different aspects of love, but I want to get into the aspect that love does not fail. True love does not fail. The value of love, there is nothing more important in your life than the love of Christ. It is a valuable possession. The agape love, Christ, is your strength in times of weakness, your hope in times of despair, your glory in times of difficulty, your best when life throws you the worst. The love of Christ is everything. And this says, God loves you personally, powerfully, passionately. Others have promised and failed, but God has promised and succeeded. I just want you to understand how passionately, how purposeful, how intent that God loves you. Agape. Now, we've talked in the past about eros, philios. Those are Greek words. Now, I just want to step back. In our English language, love is used like crazy, right? I love McDonald's fries. I love uh, Super Bowl. I love my wife. We say that same word for all those different aspects. Do I love McDonald's fries as much as I do my children? No, right? That, that doesn't even make sense. Or, or, I love this car. Now, some of us do love our car as our children, but you probably should not, because that will rust. But love, in our English language, we use it on everything. When we say, oh, girl, I love you. Do you really love that person like you would sacrifice everything for them? No. So, we had different levels, really. In the Greek, it says eros is a, uh, a 
a, a love that should benefit you. Uh, some people will call it erotic love. I'm glad the children churches today. Uh, we have philios. Philios is a brotherly love, friendship love, those different types. But agape is a unconditional love. Philios and eros is very conditional. But agape is unconditional. So we have agape, the highest of all Greek words for love. The reality is God places his love in our heart through the person of Jesus. Now agape is why Jesus was sent here. Agape love is why Jesus was on the cross. Agape is why Jesus was put in the tomb. And God pays why he got up. An unconditional love for people who love God conditionally. But God loved us unconditionally. Now understand this. When we talk about different faiths, if you want to talk from Jehovah's Witnesses to whomever, their faith is very conditional. I have to do this, this, and this to get to heaven. The only thing Jesus said, I need you to believe in me as your Lord and Savior. Now, in other faiths, you got to live a good life. Now, what does a good life look like? Your good life to my good life could be totally different. Now, I give to the poor. You know, I, I've done this and I've done that. Your good life, I go to church every day. Your good life, I deal with these bad kids. Not your kids are bad. But, you know, you deal with these kids. So, what does a good life really look like? And you see... People take it to an extreme, 9-11. In part, these guys were saying, I'm going to guarantee myself into heaven by so-called massacring or killing these infidels. Now we have 70 virgins. Now understand, Jesus Christ does not promise any man no virgins in heaven. That is because it's not about me. It's about God. And understand, they had to do that because there was no guarantee for them to make into heaven unless they did something like that. Now understand how sick that becomes. That's not unconditional love, that's so conditional. And God is saying here, I'm giving you a unconditional love through my son, Jesus Christ. It's demonstrated through my son, Jesus Christ. But getting back into our verses, when you get into that verse one, that, that first part, and it talks about, you could, and let me back up to that. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but I not have love, I have become sounding brass and clanging cymbal. We get to a point that we think we the baddest stuff on earth. On earth. Our stuff does not stink. And when Paul is trying to tell us that your gifts will not mean anything if you do not do it in love. You could give to the poor. Cool. That's great. But if you don't do it in love, it does not mean anything. You could give your tithe every Sunday. I tithe every week. But if you do not do it in love, it does not mean anything. You could say all kind of nice things to everybody, but if you do not do it in love, that's his point. If you do not do it in love, in agape, it does not mean, it does not profit. And so, your gifts are meaningless without the love. The work of the Holy Spirit brings gifts into our life and so forth, but if we don't do it in love, it does not mean anything. Your life is pointless, that's what Paul, that's, this is the, the, the shocking thing of it. He's saying that your life, if you don't have love in your life, now remember, when we got to the beginning of this whole love deal, we said God is love. See, Paul is not saying you have to have this emotion. He's not talking about an emotional standpoint. You know, some of us, we fall in and out of love with folks. 
Some of them married like that. I love you today on Monday, but Wednesday you didn't take me all the way off. I don't know I love you. You know, some of us have our relationships with our parents, our people at work, whoever. We fall in our love. This is not an emotional thing. We're talking about a God thing. Because God is love. And so, that agape, that unconditional. He's saying, if you don't have Christ in your life, your life does not have a true purpose, a true point. That's how much meaning Christ gives to us. And so, your life is pointless without love. Paul is saying that without love, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And when we became Christians, you had to understand that standpoint. I'm a sinner. I'm some jacked up mess. I need Christ to truly be whole. Meantime, we look for it in individuals, we look for it in things, we look for it in material possessions, we look for it in experiences, but God is saying, you're looking in all the wrong places. You need to look at my son, believe in my son. Your efforts are fruitless without love. So going back, so you, you give all your stuff to charity. But if it was without love, you know, we can do things to gain attention. We can do some things, am I right? You know, because somebody could come down here, brother, before you uh, take the offering up, I want to give a thousand dollars. How many of us seen that? I've seen it. And I've seen the wrong response. It should be, okay, brother, it's a damn. Thank you, he gonna come by and get it. I've seen where, oh, thank you, brother. Now brother has given a thousand dollars, oh, Lord. And you're like, what is going on? What have I come to? Because that's not about Christ. That's not about love. That's about self. So love does not honor that. So there's victory in love. Went back. The value of love, first point. That's the value. Now we're going to the victory of love. Love is patient. I don't know about y'all, but if you go on a Friday, going north on Central, and you could just be going up one exit. I'm not talking about you going up 635. I'm talking about you have started somewhere around here, around Woodall Rogers, and you are now just trying to get to Haskell. You are just trying to get to uh, uh, um, Knox Henderson. And now what should have took you two minutes is not going to take you 30. And don't dare go to Mockingbird. It'll take you 45. And if you try to get to 635, you might well just stay there all night. But you have that patience. Now some of us, we be fussing and we want to cut and we think we think we're making real progress. If I cut right here, if I move right here. And we think we have made it through the traffic. And we haven't made any real progress. Because in my mind, I always have a, what I call a checkpoint person. Okay, that red car right there. That red car should pass me. Then I know I have made progress. So now I'm doing this. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, that red car about passed me. Uh-oh. No! The red car didn't pass me. So it made me think. Now, it's really a checkpoint person right behind me. That person behind me makes it further than I did. Then I, I should just stay patient. And 90% of the time, the red car behind me making it through me cutting around. But patience. See, the word that Paul uses here refers to the way we deal with people. Paul said that we are to suffer a long time with other people. There's some folks that we've been suffering with. 
But it's some folks that we haven't really suffered with them. We've been fussing with them. We've been angry with them. We've been hot with them. Because to suffer with somebody is to do this, basically. I'm just going to sit down with you. And I'm going to hear all your complaints. And I'm just going to stay with you. And I'm going to suffer with you. What you're going through, I'm going to go through with you. See, when we on the when we in on 75 and we talking about patience, you are suffering with everybody. You are moving at the same pace. But if I'm not gonna suffer with Kendra, I'm not at her pace. See, I gotta stay with Kendra to be patient with Kendra. That's what it means to suffer with them. But if I'm gonna try to get off the exit way, I didn't have any patience. I'm I'm done with this. I'm finding my other shortcut. Your shortcut, shortcut normally becomes a long cut. Because eventually, I'm probably coming right back to Kendra. Now Kendra didn't move way ahead of me. Now she got to suffer with me. If she wants to choose to. But what love does, it never takes the exit route. It never takes that ramp to get off. It stays in traffic with Kendra. It stays in traffic with ourselves. It stays in traffic. Why? Because we have to be patient. But when you're in the car, you know what? You can have your praise party while you're in traffic. We are so looking at everything else and why me instead turn your radio up? Have your praise party. Or turn your radio up, get you some word in. Or turn your radio up, get you some news in. Take your mind from the mess that's going on there and focus on the good thing that's happening. Meantime, that's how I made through traffic. Now, the other reason why I don't go through a lot of traffic, I moved all 635, came all the way into Dallas. I just got to be honest with that. Because that traffic was too much. But anyway, that's here there. So love is patient. Love is kind. Love is kind. The word, uh, and excuse me for that misspelling, the word means to show favor to others and move beyond hurt and injury. To move beyond hurt and injury. See, when you kind, kind is not conditioned of how they treat you. Kind is only conditioned on what you're bringing out. See, this is about us and what we're doing to others. So I have to be patient. I need to suffer with them. But if, and I'm, Kendra, I'm sorry, because I always point on Kendra on, or Shannon. But if Kendra is doing me wrong, that doesn't mean I need to do her wrong back. Instead, God is saying, I want you to show more kindness. I want you to show more kindness. And it's such a biblical attribute that your kindness is actually going, is a testimony to that person. In spite of what you're doing to me, my God is better than what you're doing to me. So I'm going to show kindness. I'm going to show kindness. Then love does not envy. Love does not envy. Now, it's a weird thing because when you look into marriage, you're like, well, how can you be really envious? Or when you are in, in a relationship, even your brothers or sisters, you can be envious. And what does envy do? It breaks apart so much. Because it means you're now together, she got a job and I don't have a job. And let me backtrack. I was in law school when I first got married to my wife. She had a job. Now, I had a lot of student loans that today we're trying to pay, but that helped us get through. But she had a job. I had got to a point where I was like, I need to get a job. I'm a, I am a man. I need to get a job. I need to get a job. 
Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I need to get a job. I had become to a point of somewhat envious because I wasn't working. I was trying to find work, couldn't find work. I was envious. But you see that envy? Then you say, well, that's your money then. You know, those kind of comments start flying out. We're like, what? Your money? You see how that division starts to happen? When I'm envious, just like these two people, or these three children, they're not together. Because see how it's a gap. Those two people are together, but she's not together with them. She's envious, like, what's going on? Envy helps to destroy and divide. And God is saying, love is not envious. It's, love is not going to divide. It's not going to divide. Love does not boast. There's some people that you work with, man, or, or some people in your family, they'll throw some keys down. What you think that is? I think it's keys. It's more than keys. What kind of keys? It look like some keys. I don't know. That's to a rain rope. Love doesn't brag. Do you see, don't we have some people in our life that we know, I don't even want to talk to you today because you're going to be bragging about whatever. My da da da. You, you don't want to hear it. Now understand, when they're bragging, that's how much they're loving you. Because love is to build you up, not to put you down. Love is to help to increase you and not to destroy you. Love is to edify you and not to just try to obliterate you. Love. So we got some folks that may be doing that, but understand, where are they in relation to you loving you? But then at the same time, what about yourself? See, some of us, then we high on the hog too. Well, you know, I make so much uh, of the job now. <laughs> so, you know, and we do that. Or we go home, and it's easy to say, well, you know, I'm doing this and this at the job. very important, dear. Or, or uh, Dad, I, I can't really listen to you anymore because I, I, I of a, I'm of importance. I know everybody now. So, you know, if you need something, you better come to me. We can think mightier than we are, and that's not love. Love is not proud. When I'm proud, it's something that I'm not going to do. In, in layman terms, we call that bougie. Some of our bougie ways, we're not going to allow ourselves to do certain things. But love is not bougie. Love will get in the gutter with you. Love will do some things that nothing else will do. When you got somebody who's sick and cannot bathe themselves, and you got to bathe them, and you do it, and you just ain't trying to put some water on them, like, okay, let's get on out, but you actually going to bathe them, that's love. And how sick they are is depending on how well you're uh, doing. You, got, you might have to do some more than just bathing, get my drift. That's love. When you got to go out to the store in the middle of the night for them, that's love. And you don't ask, well, you know I did all this for you. See, that's the thing. When you proud, you don't, going back to that boat, so you don't come back. Well, you know I did all these things for you. No, you do it, and that's it. And you look to do it. You look to lift them up. You look to, to wash their own feet. You look to build them up. You look to encourage them. You look to undergird them. You look to sustain them. And more importantly, because you're in the gutter, because you are patient and you will not suffer with them, you can pray for them in the midst of the storm. Love is not rude. You know, many times we can be rude. And rude can go different ways. See, it's the root of, well, I don't even think you need to do that. 
And it's rude with the little comments. You know, we got folks in our life that got little comments. And you be like, and you know, you give a look like, I know you didn't say that to me. Got a little, see, sometimes we were born, sometimes we were raised like that, right? When mama and daddy said little rude comments to one another, and then, so the kids think that's all right. Now I'm gonna tell you, I don't like little rude comments, personally. I don't. I just don't. I don't. I know I said it about now five times. I don't. I don't like little rude comments. I just don't. All right. I don't like rude people. I don't. Now on this list, now this is this 16 things. Go. This is your test of where you are. On the 16, somebody got something. I don't believe rude is my thing, but I got mine on here. At times, it's not patient. But love is not self-seeking. My kid's doing this right now, it's mine, it's mine. And another kid wanna cry. And I'm like, it's a bunch of toys in here. And the truth is, that's not yours, it's mine. Cause I don't see your, I didn't see you buy that. And I don't know what job you have. And you're not filing taxes in here. So I don't know what you're doing, but it's not yours. But it's not self-seeking. Now, when we talk about that, we can take that from the smallest to the all the way to the stream. The smallest, when you, you fixing yourself a meal, but you don't want to fix nobody else a meal. You then took the last, whatever it is, you didn't even think about nobody else. And you're doing it real quick. So you throw it in trash. Doing it real quick so you can move on. And you can take to the stream. It could be even in, you need to love me how I want to be loved because that's how I need to be loved. And you're not even worrying about their, what they need them to be loved. So love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Now this is where, because yesterday I, I, so Daniel, pray for me, I'm praying for you. I, I went off on somebody. Because I don't like, I have a righteous indignation. I don't like nobody trying to steal from me or hustle me on a bill. No, be honest, let me pay my money, and let's keep it moving. But don't do no hidden charges. And don't be hustling me. I get hot. What about you, Sister Daniel? That make it hot. That make me hot. Me and Sister Daniel, same page. Make it hot. And you can go from, and this is an Incredible Hulk if you don't know. Incredible Hulk, the guy, David Banner, he's real mild and nice. And he always says, don't make me angry. Don't make me angry. I wish I had made a video of this. Because he, he always said, don't make me angry. You don't want to see that. Because when you see it, it ain't me. I'm sorry. And so he hulk out. And Hulk don't look like him. He hulk out. And you can't talk to Hulk. He hulks out. And he told you for, I told you, don't make me angry. His pants are going to rip. He ain't gonna look the same, and when he done, he's gonna be like, Ugh. and I don't know about Sister Daniels, but that's how I feel sometimes. When it's on, oh, I'm gonna ask all the legal stuff, so what's your arbitration cost? What, what, you don't even know what that is, do you? I'm, I'm on it now. But see, it's not easily angered. It's not saying that love does not get angry, but it's not easily angered. Because it's, understand, anger is not a sin. Jesus got angry, but, this, but we call it a righteous indignation. Righteous is in the front of the word. So it's, God got angry. Anger is not a sin, but 
going back to why did you get angry? And then are you slow to anger? God been dealing with us for a long time. Long time. Jesus even, he was, that was at the end of his ministry when he whooped everybody out the temple. So, is he not easily angered? Are you easily angered? You know, it's certain people in my life, I don't get around them. It's certain people at work, I don't get around them. Because they know what button to push. And I could, it's on. So I, I stay away from them. I can't be around you. It's a, it, I, well, I'm going to leave it there. Because I'm talking about work. I'm not talking about that at the house. At the house, we're good at the work. Some folks that don't stay around too often. Love keeps no record of wrongs. This is where you know this is a God pack. Because think of it. Think of all the things that have occurred. Bills not paid. Lies told. Uh, just, just cheated. Uh, was rude to you. I talked to one young lady, and she's now divorced, but I was talking to her through, you know, with my job, and she said her husband was, they were kissing one night, and he said, I wish it was somebody else who I was kissing. Divorce. I'm like, you bold somebody. Wow, brother. I'm glad he and he was talking to a sister. Glad he didn't get cut. Woo! I said, Lord. I, I just had a whole it's alright, sister. It's alright. God got something better. I'm on the job. God got something better. He got some. But even with that. God saying, you know what, you did worse to me than that, but I, I erased that. Love doesn't keep it. So, you know, what we do many times, we get in an argument, and we're going to bring that stuff up from 1995. You know what? See, that's what I was talking about. When you did this in 1984, this, and then in 1989, December, it was Christmas. Remember that? Yes. And don't you remember on the 15th of 2001? Yes. And I remember 9-11. Yes, it was a horrible incident that day, but it was an incident here in this house, too. Even last week, you didn't mow the yard. You're sorry, someone. So, see, we can't keep that record. Because if we keep that record, it's just like this. We are going to these rooms that sometimes we dwell in. And on these walls in this room is, they didn't do this. They don't do this. They don't do this. They don't love me like this. And when we dwell in those rooms, we want to just be rid of them out of our life. And God is saying, I need you to dwell in the room where it just, these are the good things that they're doing. These are the positive things that they're doing. And I'm not saying put a, a door or, or something barring in front of that other room, but when you go in that room, put, I'm praying for them in this situation. I'm praying for them. Because in, our, in those wrongs that they did for us, did you pray for them to get over the wrong? And did you ask God, help me to forgive, Lord? Because God's saying, you have to forgive because it's a reflection of my relationship with you, too. Love does not delight in evil. Does not delight in evil. There are people in your life you hope. Man, I hope, ooh, if you fall down, I ain't gonna be mad here. 
Oh, if you go broke. You know, there's some brothers and sisters of ours who've been talking so much yet. Ooh, if, ooh, if you lose your job, I ain't gonna be mad. It does not delight in Abel. Love rejoices in the truth. If someone took off their mask and understand, we do some mask stuff out here at church. I'm holy. I love the Lord. I'm not jacked up. I just want you to know, you might be jacked up, but I'm not jacked up. I'm going to help you get unjacked up. And God saying, no, remove that mask. But some of us have a mask in our relationships, parent to child, brother and sisters, wife and husband. We have a mask. I got everything under control. You know, I'm doing everything well. And, and, the, and really, you're afraid. You wish you could take off that mask. And the truth is, when the, the certain relationships where you feel like you can bear all to somebody, you can share all to somebody. And those are places where you feel loved and not rejected. See, love is not going to reject you out like, oh my goodness, you do that? Oh, you have that feeling? Oh my goodness. Love instead is going to embrace you, pray for you, intercede for you, and try to help build you up. So can someone take the mask off in front of you? and really bear who they are. And do you have someone like that? Love always protects. Love always protects. Do you protect those who you love? Love always trusts. Some of us, we're going to go through the phone, or some of us have been there, let's say, some people have been there where you want to know who calling what, this and that, or, oh, they ain't going to do nothing. I know they said they're going to be here on 15, whatever. Do you trust? Because love trusts. Love hopes. You don't think the worst of the person. You think the best of the person. And then you are hopeful that they can be even better than what they're doing. You have people in your life I know today, they will bring up, they're talking about the, no, the wrongdoings, but they'll bring up, you sure you can do that? You know you didn't finish school. You know you didn't do this. You know you got these children. You don't got nobody to help you. You sure you can do that? So then you bring down the dreams. No, love hopes. Love is always faithful. Love is saying, you know what? You got these children, but they got these programs out here. They got this and this and this. You know what? I know you're ailing right now, but they got this and this and this. Love is always coming up with hope. And love always perseveres. Through all the mess, through all the muck and mire, yes, I was patient with you, but I persevered. I mean, I'm going to get over to the mountaintop. Love is going to conquer the mountain. Love is not down here always in the valley. But once in a while, love is going to say, I climbed to the mountaintop and I can see the promised land. So love always does it. In the end, love never fails. Love never fails. If you truly have someone in your life that you love, it should not end in divorce. And they love you. Let me put that as a mutual street. Should not end in divorce. But the ultimate thing that he's putting here, Christ's love for you will never fail. All this thing that we talked about, Christ is doing it right now. He's done it and he's continuing to do it. God loves you right now. He's doing it now. He will do it forever. Love will never fail. You don't have to worry about, when you know, when you go to the bank, you don't know sometimes if your money's still there. 
because you've been spending all the money you've been haven't been checking. You can spend all of God's grace, and God said, "I got more grace coming, and I got more grace already there now." And grace is going to keep coming down just like a river coming down on your head. It's all right. I still have grace coming. It does not matter how much you are spending of his grace. God is saying, my love for you will never fail. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter who is with you, I still love you. If you're in the bottom of the crack house or you're at the White House, I still love you. No matter if you're at the end of the bread line or you're at the buffet line, I still love you. It does not matter if everyone is working wants to kill you, destroy you, and despise you. I still love you because of what? Not because of you, because of who I am. I still love you. So I'm going to get you through, the, through all the mess and the muck and mire. I'm going to get you through it because I'm that type of God. Amen? Let's, uh, that's next week's lesson. I want to conclude in prayer today. Um, we're making a lot of great progress, but I, I see personally that God is challenging us victory to, to step stronger in faith. He said, if folks sick, then you need to pray for them. If, if folks tired and weary, you need to pray for them. If folks are, are, are about to give up, you need to pray for them. If folks need in our families we need to reach out to, we need to pray for them, and we need to be that light and salt, be ready to witness. And so let's pray together, and then we're going to conclude our service. Um, of course, the announcements is in the bulletin. We're going, to, we're going to build up for March, big March. But let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for bringing us here today, Lord. Thank you for your mighty work. Lord, I just thank you for the love. Because you don't have to love us, but you choose to love us. Lord... You said there's nothing that can separate your love from us. Lord, you love us. So many times I don't know why you love me. Because I know the jacked up stuff I do. But God, you said I love you. So Lord, help me. Help us to walk with you. Lord, help and build our faith. To not depend upon all the things that make us feel good temporarily. But Lord, help us to persevere to have patience. Lord, help us to truly love you. You have done no wrong to us, but so many times we have failed you, Lord. Lord, help us. Help us to walk this walk. Oh, my Father, help us not to complain. Help us not be easily angered. But Lord, help us to lift our hands and say, thank you, Lord. Lord, help us to praise you in advance. Lord, when we don't see the blessing, Lord, let us realize you are the blessing and you're still with us. Almighty Father, we pray for those who are sick amongst us, Lord. From Sister Sherry to all our three members who are, are sick with the cold or whatnot. Lord, we are praying that you will restore health. Lord, we pray for those members who are amongst us. We pray that you don't allow sickness to come to their doorstep. We pray for their families, Lord. We pray for those who are... Some of those are so close to us, and some may be even distant. But Lord, 